now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. It's Tony Joe here, and this is another episode of The Whole Home Show. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections and Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here on this program for four years. We've had over 220 episodes, uh, many, many fantastic local guests, uh, even some internationally as well, too, talking about all things real estate related or home related. So, you know, if you're thinking about doing something, if you're thinking of buying or selling in this market, or if you're just thinking of doing modifications, renovations, updates to your home, this is a great place for you guys to be. Uh, you can find my contact information and the rest of the whole Home Show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows and there you'll find the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Or you can always just reach out to us or reach out to me directly. Just Google Tony Joe, Tony Joe Real Estate, the prime real estate team, primeteam.ca. Happy to connect you with any of our uh, show supporters, any of our guests that we've had over the years. I get calls all the time. Uh, from our listeners who say, oh, I heard an episode two years ago about uh, storm drains. Who was that again? And being able to make the connection is fantastic. Uh, this week, we're having a conversation about design, about architectural design, about interior design. Uh, our guests are Pamela Billinghurst with Pamela Billinghurst Interior Design, and also Pamela Ubita with Coast and Beam Architecture. Coast and Beam Architecture. Going to have a conversation about what the process is like to hire a professional in this area, uh, what people's needs are, what is uh, what people are asking for in today's day and age as far as design and functionality and all of those things. Going to have a great conversation. It's the design episode with the two Pamelas. As always, by the way, we always like starting our episodes with either a question or a story that you, our listener, may have or may have encountered out there in the real estate world or the uh, home uh, housing world. Um, you know, as always, just reach out to me. Give us a call, 250-419-7439, uh, or email me, Tony, at primeteam.ca. I'd be happy to share it on the air. By the way... I had a uh, call from a listener who may be listening right now, uh, seeking advice, and I am happy to provide any sort of input uh, that we can. I must say, though, that uh, we do have limitations in the real estate world, and it has to do with agency and about the fact that um, there are client and non-client relationships. Uh, in this particular case here, though, the uh, caller did have a property currently on the market and was represented by another agent. Of course, I cannot provide any sort of input because there's also there's already a existing a pre-existing relationship with the other agent. Uh, we as licensees are forbidden from providing uh, advice to somebody who is already being represented. So, um, but you know what? If you're not sure and you still got a question, just reach out to me. I'll let you know if in fact that is uh, that is the case. There are rules out there. Our regulator uh, has rules as to uh, as to agency. Now, talking about regulator, this is what I want to chat about a little bit today. News for the week. So the provincial government 
through the uh, real estate regulator, the uh, BCFSA, British Columbia Financial Services Act. I don't know if you guys remember, I had the EO, the, the CEO, actually Chief Executive Officer Blair Morrison from BCFSA uh, on our program here, I think it was back in July, uh, talking about uh, regulations and, uh, you know, being the regulator and the superintendent uh, of real estate it was a bit of a shift, actually, because real estate for a time was self-regulated. We had the uh, uh, Real Estate Council of British Columbia and also the superintendent of real estate, uh, and they were all merged into the BCFSA as of October uh, the 1st. Um, I actually have some knowledge about this personally because I'm one of the instructors for the licensing course uh, here in British Columbia. So my employer changed from uh, REC BC, R -R -E -C, uh, BC to BCFSA. Anyways, where I'm getting to with this is it was in the news, in the news this week that the provincial government is working to strengthen, strengthen uh, protection for home buyers. I'm going to put this link on the CFAX page here. Uh, if you haven't read, you know what? Uh, we've got these bidding wars. We've got multiple offers. It's been a tough go out there because we have no inventory. We've got a lot of demand, high demand. I've been talking about bidding wars for months here on our program. I have never seen it to this extent in the 30 years I have been selling real estate. In fact, we finished off October, by the way, with the lowest inventory on record, just over a thousand listings in Greater Victoria, active listings for sale, where we would normally have 3,000, sometimes even more. <clears throat> so all of these things contribute to multiple offers and bidding wars. Um, what the provincial government is working towards is uh, having a cooling off period. So, you know, you think about it, you're a buyer, you're in heat of the battle. You are, uh, you know, you're getting great advice from your, your agent. Um, you're making an offer as strong as you can. Sometimes it needs to be unconditional. Hopefully you've, you've done your due diligence. You get somebody like Pierre from Silhouette Inspections do a pre-inspection. You get someone like uh, Gurpreet um, at the Sitka Law Group to do a review of the title and legal stuff. You do all of your advance uh, uh, due diligence and then you make a nice clean offer high price, you know, as, as, as strong as is comfortable for you so that you can hopefully outbid the next bidder. Um, but what happens if you get the house? There's this thing called buyer remorse. Sometimes you're thinking, hmm, did I do the right thing? So the BC government is trying to propose this cooling off period. Now, uh, you may or may not know, there is a law, there's a provincial law under new construction. So if you go into a brand new condo sales uh, uh, and marketing uh, office, sales office, and you end up buying a condo off paper, you know, something that's not even built yet, there is something called a right of rescission, right of rescission. That is a provincial law. It's not just, it's not up to the developer. It's not up to the marketing team. It is a government regulation that says a consumer has seven days to change their mind, they can uh, cancel and terminate the contract for no reason at all. There doesn't need to be, you know, it's not subject to financing. It's not subject to, well, obviously there's nothing to inspect, right? But maybe just a change of heart. That's a right of rescission that is seen only on pre-sales new construction. Now, what the government has said here is they are thinking about implementing a right of rescission on resale homes. Now, I want to have a, a, a just a momentary chat about this. Um, is this good or bad? Well, 
I think there's two sides to think about this. There's buyers and there's sellers. As a buyer, probably a good thing to have just in case you have that, um, uh, you, you've got that buyer's remorse. Sellers are not going to like this so much because it's going to mean there's going to be a holding period of whatever the government mandates. Is it seven days? Who knows? Where the seller will not know if the house is sold. They're sitting in limbo. It will prevent them from moving on to their next property. Maybe they have something in mind. They need to buy another property, right? So that's one of the things. The other thing too is right now, currently where we're at, uh, as far as this whole buyer's remorse thing is concerned, it seems to me that most buyers are thrilled and excited. And it has to do with the fact that the market continues to move upward. So, you know, in a market like this, where buyers are pretty confident knowing that, hey, I got this house, maybe I paid a little bit much for it, but it's okay because in a month or two months time, it's going to go up, right? Right now, I don't think it's an issue. So in many ways, it's an answer to a question that nobody is asking. But that being said, there's always a tipping point. There's always a point in time where the market shifts and the last person, so the last person that bought high is the one at highest risk because they're the ones who are like, oh, oh my goodness, the market is retreating a little bit. What's going to happen right now? What the government here is proposing isn't going to happen until spring of 2022, they say. Um, but is it a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I, I'm not sure it's necessary because really at the end of the day, it's just a buyer condition. It's another buyer condition. It will not make houses cheaper, folks. It's not going to help in affordability. I will tell you that right now. But what it will do is um, sort of allay some concerns from the point of consumers, the buyers. So good or bad, you decide. You got a question, give us a call. Happy to chat about it. Need to take our break here right now. When we come back, we'll be talking about design, interior and architectural with Coast and Beam Architecture and also Pamela Billinghurst Interior Design. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. This whole notion of making your house your home and making it a, a, a personal place that's comfortable and uh, suits your own uh, design and, and tastes is great. Sometimes people need help and there is professional help out there. And we are talking today uh, with a couple of local designers. Our first guest today is Pamela Billinghurst from Pamela Billinghurst Interior Design Pam. Pam, we'll call you Pam. Thanks for coming today. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of, I think people are, are often wondering, like, wh what what is interior design? You know, what what can a specialist like you do to, to help? Wh what is it you do? Well, an interior designer performs a variety of tasks. Um, it, the scope of work really depends on whether um, the project is a renovation or a new build and, and how big that is. But the scope of services can range from um, space planning is sort of the, the initial phase that we take in a, let's say, larger scale um, renovation or where you want to actually um, modify the spaces quite a bit and a new build as well. So we start sort of with space planning. Um, on new builds, we tend to work a lot with the architects in that phase or architects are doing a lot of the space planning and we're providing input. Um, 
that will come in handy later on in the process. And from that phase, we go into design development, which is really like developing the design um, and starting to specify finishes and fixtures and um, right into lighting, lighting um, design and um, millwork design. It's, it's, it's really, it's really interesting because you know, for us, for us who visit homes on a regular basis, you can really tell you could, there, there's a difference between somebody who's kind of, I don't know, read magazines or and gone to like the hardware store and picked up the light fixture that's on sale today versus somebody that's put thought and, and employed um, uh, an expert with training and, and knowledge and experience like yourself. Like there is, there's a, there is a difference. Yeah, interior designers, um, similar to architects, like to look at a, a home as, an, as a composition. So when you walk through a house that's been designed um, by a professional, it really feels like a composition as you're walking through the space. There's a sense of harmony and, um, and a cohesiveness, if you will, because we look at all elements, every single finish and fixture and um, as part of a whole. And uh, it really does make a difference to have a, a professional working with you. Um, so you, you started by talking about space planning and this, this really intrigues me because I think, you know, often when people live in their homes and, you know, they have family, kids or whatever, they kind of make do with how the house came, right? And, yes. and I, 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 you know, from what you mentioned, um, I, I, I feel that with some modifications and with the help of a, a professional like yourself, um, their home could just get to a whole other level as far as efficiency for the family, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think people get really comfortable and we do make do. I think that that's just human nature. We kind of get used to what we have and, and we make it work. And I think that's probably a good thing. Um, but it's also really nice when things work um, the way that they ought to. And it makes a really big difference in just a person's day to day life. And that's a big reason why I'm working in the residential industry is that the design that we do impacts people on a daily basis and um, just the little things, the simple daily monotonous tasks like doing laundry. If you have a laundry room that can do a little bit more than just um, provide adequate space for washing and drying of clothes, it makes a big difference. And so um, things like adding a countertop in their space to steam clothing accurately um, properly and um, space to iron. A lot of people are hanging their clothes, so they need a lot more space for that. And then there's proper ventilation that comes along with that. And so coordinating all of those things. And that's just a very small part of the home, but I use that as an example because that's an everyday monotonous task that everyone needs to do. And um, it could either be a joyful experience or a very unpleasant experience. Well, you know, there, there are cases that we, we see, like, especially in uh, new build or spec homes where, you know, the laundry room is a great example, you know, what you just mentioned, where, where we'll go through a house and, and it's pretty evident that no thought was put in, you know, when, when the builder, if it's a spec house or whatever, everything is just kind of put together. And it's almost like this person has never done the laundry before. <laughs> right. Um, so, so again, putting thought into the details into rooms like you're talking about here, so important, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, kitchens are another great example of an everyday um, space that gets used multiple times a day and is used differently at different times of the day. And so just taking into consideration the flow of um, how people operate in the kitchen and everyone uses their kitchen a little bit differently. And so often that's, you know, we tailor that to the individual, but we also use, um, you know, tried and true techniques, things that have worked with past clients and and that would could work for future clients too. And so um, just adding this extra layer of thought makes a big difference in, in the final outcome of, of a, a project. Yeah, and again, you 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 start off by saying you, you work with uh, architects, contractors, um, um, but as far as other services, uh, you know, even somebody who's just looking for some work in their home, some adjustment, because um, uh, your scope is pretty wide, right? It's pretty wide, yes, yeah. yeah, for sure. So people who are looking for minor adjustments in their home, let's say it's a small scale kitchen renovation. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say, for example, their home is a bit older and the rooms are very um, segmented and they are looking for a bit more openness. We can consult on that and do some space planning surrounding um, that and just to help to make the, the home feel a little bit more open and cohesive and functional. And so... Um, there is definitely a space planning component to that. You know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled because it seems like um, the interior design is so much more creative now. I think back to like the 90s, the 80s or the 90s, because we still see some bone stock original. That was not a, 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 a golden era of interior design <laughs> for sure, right? Looking back, no, it certainly wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, so many great materials now, so many great uh, um, uh, uh, features and, and things that uh, contractors are being able to, to apply to, to properties. Um, just, again, making things so much more comfortable, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that um, people are generally looking um, at being more intentional with their choices as well, like in terms of the, the products and finishes that we're putting into homes. Clients are... You, are um, just adding, I think as a result of, you know, conversations with designers and architects, adding a, an extra level of intentionality into those decisions and making sure that products are natural, sustainable, that they're durable, and that they'll stand the test of time in terms of aesthetics as well, so that we don't look back in 10 years and, you know, and it feels a bit like the 90s, you know, we, we definitely want to, um, design and to build things that will last um, both functionally and um, from a maintenance standpoint but also from an aesthetic standpoint it's it is really important so that we aren't turning around and doing the same thing again in 10 20 years yeah but of course everyone has their own like personal taste and all that so and I guess this this also is something where you come in handy because you you figure out what their needs are and, and what uh, a person's kind of personal personal taste is like right yeah, absolutely. And some clients come to me and they know exactly what their style is and, and their aesthetic. And, and that's really nice. And others come to me with um, newspaper or magazine clippings and some Pinterest boards and say, this is sort of what we like, but we don't really know how to um, 
articulate it and and imagery is really helpful for for that and an interior designer um, can quickly gather all of that information and help the client to determine what their style is and how to make that work within their home. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, we're having a conversation with Pamela Billinghurst, the Pamela Billinghurst Interior Design. Uh, today's episode, we're talking about home design, both inside and, uh, and out. Need to take a break here right now, though. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be having a chat with uh, Pamela Ubeda, uh, an architect locally here, but stay uh, in place there, Pam, because the two of you will be together uh, on our last uh, segment today. We'll be chatting more in detail uh, about design here in Victoria. But thanks for joining us, Pam. Thank you, Tony. Great. Well, I need to take our break here. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Again, you can find their contact information and mine too by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, you all of the contact information is there. You can also find recent streaming episodes of our program here. And if you're a podcast listener, you can download all 226 of our episodes on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, four years worth of content. Lots of great uh, interviews and lots of great uh, guests, depending on where you're at in the grand scheme of things uh, with what you want to do with your home. We're having a conversation today about uh, design, interior design, uh, architectural design, and that's our next guest right now from Coast and Beam Architecture. We have Pamela Ubita. Uh, Pamela, thanks for coming. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, um, you know, I was mentioning with Pam just now, this is the Pam and Pam, Pam and Pamela yeah. show today. Uh, we were uh, talking about how um, it, I, I find it's great now that we seem to be more, uh, more creative nowadays in design. You know, I, I talked about the 1990s, you know, it's almost as if it was just a square box and there was no creativity. But wow, there's so much stuff that uh, um, that people can do now. It's like a golden era for people, for architects like yourself, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, magazines like Dwell and uh, Pinterest and those kind of those kind of communication devices have really helped bring architecture, high end, you know, higher higher level architecture and interior design to people. I think you know, in the eighties and nineties, we had Architectural Digest, and that was about it, and maybe Home and Living magazine or something like that. Um, and so I think uh, it's just more accessible now, and people see architecture from around the world, and they see all you know all sorts of different types, and um, and they have access to it now. And of course, you know, we've got this this whole thing here in the west coast known as that kind of west coast design i mean who'd have thought that we would have our own uh indigenous uh design style right yeah that's true i mean you know architecture has always sprung from where it 
where it's from. So, I mean, when you travel the world, you know that you see that. But when you think of your own town, you don't really think of it in the bigger context of of a style of architecture necessarily. But I think the whole West Coast, um, you know, the Pacific Northwest, and then and then obviously heading down south, there's very distinct architecture, and it all comes down really to the weather. Um, uh, weather, regionalism, local materials, trades, uh, ways of living. Uh, those are the real thing. Those are the things that, that create an architecture, a local regional architecture. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about the process a bit here. We chat a little bit about that uh, uh, with Pam. Because um, obviously, as an architect, you, you're at the ground level. Like this is, the, you're called upon when somebody has just like a little glimmer of an idea, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think there's a bit of a mysteriousness about what architects do. Um, there's a lot of them in the movies and TV shows, but they don't really show the process or how you engage with one. Um, I mean, it, that's exactly how it starts. You know, it starts with, a, you know, people going to either you or a builder or an architect um, and they've bought a property or they have a property. I mean, you know, again, back to the 2000s, we saw a lot of those HGTV shows where, you know, it was, uh, you know, make over your house in a weekend or something like that. So I think a lot of people have that version in their head of, of what an architect or designer and builder do. <clears throat> um, but, and that's great. So it's great to have a, a starting point. Um, but as far as the process goes, yeah, I mean, people, people are living in their homes, and they know they might need a change if it's a renovation, something drives them crazy, something they can't take anymore. And, and they start to consider whether they should move. Uh, and then they come and see you. <laughs> and then they go and see what's out there and see how other people live and how other people have done it. Um, and then, and then sometimes those things just don't fit. And that's when, you know, a custom home, the idea of a custom home can come into play. And I think these days, just due to the uh, lack of inventory in our city of land, um, we're seeing a lot of houses either massively renovated or added onto or torn down and, and new builds, um, new builds, uh, you know, are, are underway. Um, the cost of construction these days is so similar between a massive renovation and new construction that uh, I think that people are actually going the custom build route um, when they didn't think they were going to go that route. Pam and I are both working on several projects together right now. And one of the projects we started on was, you know, they, uh, the builder called me and said, you know, the client would like a, a bit of a facelift. They'd like to know what this house could look like. Um, and, you know, from the exterior, from kind of curb appeal. And so that's how I was going to start the project. I was just going to give them some, um, you know, 3D model visions of, of what it could be. And, you know, long story short, um, they liked it so much that uh, the cost of the renovation was going to be very similar to new construction cost, and you know, there's a few benefits to that. If if all things are equal of, as as far as cost goes, um, the benefits that you get is one, you know, for resale. If you go to resell the house, obviously it's new versus maybe something that that's stated from the '80s. Because when you renovate, you have to say when it was actually built. You're going to have uh, better energy um, energy um, efficiency, you know. All the things like everything's new obviously right uh, so you have to really weigh that like is it worth renovating for a similar price or is it worth building new and and this client en ended up deciding that the money was better spent building new and uh and so we proceeded with um with uh basically starting from scratch well and, but the thing that uh, that people often say is uh, you know I, i'm not in love with my house but i love my location so you can't change the location <laughs> 
that's me. Yeah. Yes. You know, you can't change your location, but you can change your your house, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I always find it interesting, like why people live where they live. Um, you know, for me, I live in Fairfield and I'm close to the water. And, and that's that's what I love about my neighborhood. You know, some people may love the schools nearby or the close distance to shopping or they're near family or or some people just don't care where they live. Um, and that's, you know, and so we have to kind of look at it from an aspect like that. And so if you love where you live, then the house part is the easy part. It's, you know, renovating a house or building new is, you know, if you've got the location set, that's the easy part. The timelines, I guess, I guess it's hard to sort of uh, uh, give an estimate of how long this takes because it depends on every specific uh, project, right? Yeah, I think people are very different. I, I, and how I try to explain it to people is I can move as quickly as they need to move. Um, but people make decisions at different paces. Um, most often it's a couple involved and, and you get couple dynamics. Um, and so I do play part uh, marriage counselor, which is fine <laughs> by me. Um, I think that as long as you're looking at the process as a collaboration, uh, I think everybody can get their say. And what my job is to do is to really listen. Uh, listen to really what what they're saying uh, behind what they're saying. You know what what they're, what are they trying to get to me? You know, pass the words, um, and then return that back to them in the form of uh, a layout. Really, I mean, they give give me program. They you know they might want room sizes and room layouts and adjacencies and um, style. You know, they might come to me with a few pictures and you know really my process is taking all that information in, making sure they feel heard, and and going through the process with them step-by-step, step, um, starting at the beginning, which, which is always with sight, uh, and, then, and then it unfolds from there. Yeah. You know, the technology that's available nowadays too, especially with these 3D renderings that, that, uh, that you use, it's, it's amazing. And I, I, I think it would, it would be the neatest thing, because I have not been through it myself, but to go from the process of a thought to a design to actually stepping into the finished product, uh, my goodness, that must be just amazing. Yeah, I think we've come a long way in, in that regard. There's two, I think, you know, <clears throat> I think there's two parts to that. Definitely the technology uh, and the 3D modeling. We take for granted that we can see everything as professionals. Um, uh, clients can't. And so having that 3D model there for them to see has been hugely helpful. I mean, I know I have a friend that worked with a different architect uh, out of Vancouver and they were kind of old school and didn't do the 3D modeling. And they didn't realize when the house got built that, you know, the ceilings were like 18 feet tall. <laughs> they, they, uh, and so, yeah, there are definitely moments where modeling helps. Um, and then the other part of technology is, is Zoom, like what we're doing here. Yeah. I find actually these days, what's really great, um, what the one thing COVID has brought us um, is that now I conduct my design meetings with clients over Zoom because I can bring up the 3D model um, and the CAD work and and rotate around it with them while they're looking at it on screen whereas as opposed to back in the day we'd kind of be either hovered over some drawings or hovered over a computer and um, i can take screenshots and videos and i can put it in a dropbox file and they can have access to look at those things anytime they want so it's really i think really giving the clients a lot of access and a lot of control and a lot of uh, relief, I would say relief in the process. Amazing, amazing. We're having a chat with Pamela Ubida. She is with Coast and Beam Architecture. We're having a conversation about design today, but we need to take our last break of the day. When we come back, we're going to bring Pam Billinghurst back. We're going to have a conversation uh, about the process and what people can expect. So thanks 
uh, for coming. Pamela, stay uh, tight there because we'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today about design, about interior design, architectural design. And our guests today are Pamela Billinghurst of Pamela Billinghurst Interior Design, and also Pamela Ubita from Coast and Beam Architecture. Thank you both for coming today. Thanks for having us. Uh, all right, so we've had a lot of conversation uh, so far today. You know, um, something that we haven't really talked about yet uh, is, it's, it's a big one, and it's budget. Because, you know, it's, I guess it's one thing to have creativity and say, this is a great idea as a consumer, but there are costs involved, right? So there, there are budget limitations, and that, that can fall into limitations in, in the design creativity too, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I mean, from an architectural perspective, um, I think, I, you know, generally I'm the first person people hire. And so they're they're afraid of spending the money on somebody to do the work. And so that's their first decision. And they put a lot of work into that decision and they put a lot of fear into that decision. And I think what I would, I would just say to people is that um, consultants, generally speaking, um, make up about 10% of the soft costs of a project. And so if you can kind of put it in that perspective and understand that the professionals that you hire are going to give you value and, and um, save you money in the end, that you can relax and, and kind of run with that process and just know it's, a, it's part of the cost of doing construction. I, I think because I'm first in line and I get all, all the questions, um, I have to be very clear about the benefits of hiring certain consultants. Some consultants you have to hire because you need to submit permits. So engineers. Engineering. Like that. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the real question is where does um, interior, des where does architecture end and interior design begin? And of course it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's not a black and white line. Um, it's definitely woven together, but you know, a lot of people think, do I need to hire an interior designer? You know, like I can do it myself or, or things like that. But I guess what I would say when we finally get to that part of the process is that the value that an interior designer brings, um, the money that you spend on them, you're going to end up saving that in the long run anyway. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that designers put, can, you know, if, if you hire them for the whole process, say of a, of a custom home, um, put together a, a huge package of information that helps the builder cost the project. And so, um, that package that you may pay for um, when it's sent out for bids for different mill workers and fixtures and things like that, uh, just that amount of information, the detail allows a builder to get very specific on what it's going to cost and then can price it around. And so in the end, a client ends up saving the money they spent on an interior designer just based on being able to bid it to different uh, companies. It was a fantastic uh, uh, commercial for uh, Pam Billinghurst uh, services there. Right? It was. Thank you very much, Pamela. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Um, the budget for a project really depends on the scope of work involved. And that scope of work is all clearly outlined in both the architectural and the interior design drawings. And that those drawing sets essentially become the contract and also um, what ends up being tendered and so you can actually get competitive pricing because you're comparing apples to apples as opposed to a loose idea of of what um the interior will, will look like so it really those those drawings and specifications provide everyone with a very clear understanding of um what the outcome will be yeah yeah and it's clarity right 
Yeah. There's, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Just thinking about both of you. I mean, the, the number of variables and, uh, uh, I, I, I can't, I cannot imagine. I mean, that's, that's where you guys uh, come and not only variables, but timing, especially I guess nowadays too, we're talking about supply chain issues and material costs and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And, and with that, I think that engaging um, professionals, consultants early on is the key so that um, those specifications can be um, nailed down early on in the build so that supplies can be ordered in time for installation and um, and project schedules can remain on track. Uh, uh, Pam Billing here, so I got a question for you. I, I just thought about this. Um, you know, people love going through their interior design magazines and going to stores and shops and, you know, it's so fun, 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 right? Um, this is what you do. Uh, this is your profession. Like, does it ever get tiring? <laughs> right? It really doesn't. It's funny. Somebody asked me the other day um, what what I could do if I was like, you know, to do it all over again, what would my dream job be? And honestly, it would be this. I really love design and have a passion for it. So it doesn't get old. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's great that people are have so much access, like Pamela was um, alluding to this earlier, access to, you know, better magazines with um, you know, architecture and interior design from around the world. We have Pinterest, we have Instagram, and it's so nice. House, exactly. It's so nice to have access. And honestly, a lot of the architects and interior designers that I follow are from different countries. And um, so I think it's great that our world has opened up in terms of inspiration. Um, I think there is like a little bit of a danger with, with Pinterest sometimes in that, um, it, it can be uh, a limit to creativity when someone takes an image that they find on Pinterest or in a magazine and wants to simply replicate that. Um, that's difficult for designers and architects. Um, it's, it can be a bit soul crushing because we want to have um, some creativity as well and, and a bit of a, fr- a free reign. And so it's nice to have a starting point. It's nice to know, okay, this is the aesthetic and this is, you know, a style that you feel comfortable with, but it's within that, I think that um, it's it's nice to have a bit of freedom. And so constraints are good. Freedom is is also good. And yeah. the marriage of the two is, is the best. Well, I'm guessing that this kind of can play into budget too, because Pamela, I'm sure people come to you with uh, thoughts on design and you've got to bring them down to earth and say, well, that's a very expensive design that you're, that you're looking at there, right? Yeah, I mean, really we're, really where your costs are is your square footage. Um, you know, it's the size of the house. You know, when we start out architecturally, it's cheap on paper. And, and I say, you need to get that down. Like we need to work on the paper as long as possible um, because that's where all the decisions are made that are, they're cheap. As soon as you hit the ground, you know, as soon as you break ground and start doing it in real life in real time, that's when it starts to get expensive. So, um, you know, I have a few cost control measures that I do. Um, we'll start out with a client's initial budget, uh, which is, you know, these days, I don't really think that people have an understanding of how much it costs to build. Um, it's, uh, and it's increasing every day. Um, and that's a bit, bit problematic, but, but there are ways around it and we can make things work. Um, and so they come to me with a program and a square footage and, um, and then we do the design work. And at the end of schematic design, we have a square footage. Um, and 
what how we price things at that stage is we do a square foot per, uh, um, a cost per square foot. It's kind of a kind of a vague a vague all inclusive number, um, and that's when we get builders involved and they're telling us you know what is the cost per square foot? What did they just build and how much did it cost in the end? And so we have a very good sense from that stage of of the cost per square foot based on how many square feet you have. So at that point is when you know people like to kind of add everything and things get a lot bigger than they expect. And so if we're at, you know, 4,000 square feet, but they only have a budget for three, then we go back to the drawing board a little bit and start shrinking things and removing things that they don't need uh, or, you know, that, you know, want, but don't need. Um, and then, you know, I have another trick too, where I actually take the whole house and reduce it by 10%. It's uh, you know, it's great having technology um, and that'll shave another three, four, 500 square feet off. And so what I really try to do at that schematic design stage is nail the square footage because then I know I can bring that, that house in, into, into their budget. And then from there we go to design development and then that's where the fun is. You pick the materials and you pick the finishes and um, you get in the details and then, and then it gets passed over to an interior designer after we get to permit drawings. So um, uh, Pam, uh, Pam Billinghurst, how, what are things that people are asking for nowadays? You know, in the last couple of years, uh, home offices are a big oh, uh, request. Yes. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. very important pe for people to have a separate office within their home. Um, and in the case of renovations, it's, you know, how can we fit a home office or how can we make our space a little bit more multifunctional? Um, bathrooms spa-like bathrooms with you know, steam shower freestanding tub um you know heated floors uh high quality plumbing fixtures the things that you touch every day um just high and and use every day like plumbing fixtures just that they are um you know of nice quality um what are some other and, and again, I mean, things like that, there's, there's so many choices nowadays. It's just, in some ways, it's kind of daunting, right? Gone are the days where, you know, it was just what was at the hardware store, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah definitely. Home gyms are another big request okay. lately. Um, whether it's, you know, a home gym located within an existing garage or building in a home gym within, um, you know, a new a new home. I don't know if you're finding that, Pamela, but um, like flex rooms and... Yeah, I mean, I think there's pre-COVID and then post-COVID or current COVID, I guess you'd call it, um, you know, how have things changed. You know, we started with open plans. I mean, the open plans went from the 70s, 60s, 70s onwards. And uh, people realize quickly how, how open plans don't work so well during COVID and you're working from home. And so uh, I think COVID has changed things, um, how people use their homes. Um, I think you're seeing a lot more multi-generational requests. You know, they want to be able to have their uh, grandparent or, you know, the kids in the future. So kind of those separate spaces, whether they be secondary suites or, or something like that. Um, aging in place is a big one. Um, so yeah, I think COVID has kind of changed some things as well. You know? Yeah, and 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 many many for the better, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Well, listen, there's so much to talk about. You know, we we could spend episodes on this, but I just want to say to our listeners, if you have questions or are thinking about doing something, whether it's interior design, whether it's having architectural, not necessarily a a new build. I mean, uh, Pamela was saying even just a renovation or whatnot. Give these two a call. Again, it's Pamela. Ubida. She is with Coast and Beam Architecture. 
and also Pamela Billinghurst from Pamela Billinghurst Interior Design. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. I know it's a busy time out there right now. Happy to help. Thanks so much for having us, Tony. Really yeah, you bet. Show. And uh, to our listeners, I will post uh, their contact information on the cfax1070.com uh, website. Uh, please do reach out to them if you have any questions. Uh, I'll be here for you all this time next week.